welcome to the Thrive Church weekly message. We hope you enjoy this message and we pray that it blesses you. For more information about this podcast or other resources, visit thrivechurch.co.nz. That's awesome. Thanks, Jack. What a cool church we have. Wasn't it an exciting Sunday last week having Chris just unleash a word for us in season? Was everyone here last Sunday? Who, If you missed out on that word, um, make sure you tune into the podcast. We have podcasts that are uploaded every week. And this is one of those words that um, it's just, you know, like a stake in the ground word for us as a church that we are called to go beyond these four walls and, uh, and, and really push out into a new location and space and because God wants to just bring maximum impact to this town doesn't he? It's, and so it's just a, it's a really exciting season. A couple of weeks ago, I, um, I messaged the mayor actually of Rangira, David Ayres, and said, hey, we should catch up. And uh, my wife, Deb, and I, would, we'd just love to share with you our vision for, uh, for our church and our need for a new space and our heart for the community. And, and we just want your insight. And so he actually messaged me back the other day. I was like, I saw you in the paper, David. Why haven't you messaged me? And so he messaged me back. And, and so he's really keen to connect with us, which is going to be so good. Uh, and we just like have a real sense that this is this is for the town. Our church is for the town, and so we want to make sure we're connecting with the right people in the town. And they know stuff that we don't know too, eh? So let's get amongst it. And so if you could just be praying for over uh, the church at this time and over these strategic meetings that we're having, because you know your prayers are powerful, and it wouldn't say that if we didn't need power. So just be praying over the church and over uh, God's intentions. Uh, at this time, so yeah, we're in a we're in a great space. I just want to give this word to God right now, God. I just thank you for this morning. I just thank you for what Jack ministered to, the way he ministered to us out of the promise, God. I just thank you that every one of us this morning has a promise to take a hold of God. That we are a part of your community. That you are building your church, God. And I just declare that everyone counts, everyone matters, everyone is connected to what you're building, Lord. And we just we take a hold of that today in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, who loved playing with Lego as a child? Like, ah, I see that Tara was the first hand up. Who still loves playing with Lego? It's so good, like having kids and then you're like, oh, Lego sets all over again and you can just build them. And I just used to love opening the box and looking at the instructions and following each step, step by step. And, and it was just so much fun seeing, I think my first set was like the space, you know, uh, the space set and it was like Spaceman. And uh, he was, uh, it was so cool. I love, I love Lego. And then inevitably, you know, you'd pull like the Lego apart and you would just create something that only you knew about. Only you like, I want to make this thing and it's going to be amazing. And my brother and I, we used to um, uh, try and create the toughest cars possible. And then when we would like have head-on collisions, we were just like zoom and smash. And we're like, my one, yeah, it's tougher than yours. And I just, we just had so much uh, fun uh, with Lego as, as, as a child. And I, and I don't know if you also had these moments when you'd built something that was really really awesome. 
And it was just like, oh, this is, this is so, so good. And, and maybe it was out of Lego. Maybe you were building a sandcastle at the beach or a block tower or something that you just kind of like were investing your love into and in that moment. And then like your brother walks onto the scene and he has a look in his eye. And you know that what you've created is no longer safe. <laughs> you're like, oh my gosh. And, and, and at that point, like your defensive instinct kicks in and you like want to guard what you've built and you have this massive fight and, and, uh, and, but inevitably it might get smashed and you do everything that you can though. When we create something, I, as a child, I'm just being ruthlessly like passionate about defending it. And I know Jack was speaking a couple of weeks ago and he was talking about this and if his brother came along, he would just like latch on with his teeth and bite people. Like you said that in church, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. So here, like we just, we get fiercely protective, like, you know, our whole lives, like for the things that we love. We are fiercely protective over uh, what we've done or who we've invested our time on or whatever our vision is, we can get, we are so protected over that. And I want to say that that's a good thing. That is a great thing, and that is a characteristic of who Christ is. Christ is building His church with who He has in this time. Like, take a look around. Take a look around this morning, right now. Like, I know we don't look like a brand new box set of Lego where everyone like, oh, there's the perfect and there's the instructions and there, you know, it all, it just all makes sense. You know, it doesn't actually, we don't, we look on the surface and it's like, how's gonna, how's God gonna make this work? How's He going to build us together? And how's He going to make something incredible out of this? And, you know, we can end up like thinking, God, is it really possible for you to build something great through our lives? But I want to tell you that every one of us is such a valuable piece in the the integration, integration of His house. He's got a plan to build His house. He wants to use everyone to be a part of this incredible thing that He's building, the incredible church, no matter what gift, no matter what colour, no matter what age and stage you are, you are in the house. We're called to be the building. That's what Christ says. He says uh, um, in Scripture that He will build His church. In Ephesians 5.25, it it demonstrates to us how how passionate Christ is about the church. And it's reflected to uh, to husbands. And it's these husbands, love your wives. Love your wives. Just as Christ loved the church and gave Himself up for her. It's a high call to be a husband. Who knows that, right? Thank you, Phil. <laughs> it's a high call to be a husband. And Christ is, gives this example of like the sheer devotion of surrendering your, His life for a group of people that, you know, He didn't really know at that time. He said, I just absolutely love, I'm going to protect this people. And He unashamedly loves His church. He's so protective over her that He gave His life up for her and He didn't give His life up for nothing. He did not surrender His life just just so that people could scrape in on their butts just to get into heaven and have the ticket and just like, just make it. 
He didn't, he didn't die for that. He, he died for his babe. He, his church is his darling. He's like, hey, you guys are so gorgeous, so incredible. So I am doting over you. I am considering each one of you and I'm considering who you're going to be and I'm going to surrender everything that I am so that you can be all that you can be. He loves the church. In his eyes, the church is glorious and she is worth it. Turn to your neighbor and just say, you're worth it. You're worth it. Come on. Matthew 18, uh, 16 verse 18. Jesus has a, this profound conversation with Peter and he's a diamond in the rough. He's a bloke. He's a fisherman. He's just like, man, someone like from the Lego box of life that's just like, well, how are you going to fit into the kingdom? You're like, a, you're just like what, what's going on? And he has this conversation uh, with this guy, Peter, and, and Jesus mentions the word church for the first time in the Bible uh, with Peter. And he says to Peter, you are Peter. That's right. It was a bit of a name change moment as well, because Peter means rock. And he says, and on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I just want to tell you that Christ Jesus is your master builder this morning. And he's going to say yes to you being included in his building. Whoever says yes to Christ is included in his building. He's got a plan to integrate you. He's got a plan to see you fulfilled and reveal the the majesty and the wonder of His kingdom. And He says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not stop it. This is a promised declaration because He knows the pressure that is going to come against our lives. He knows the dominion that we're called to go out and overcome. He, he sees the challenges that are before us as, as the church. And, and so, you know, He could see that the devil was going to enter the scene and do his best to destroy the church. So Jesus, He gave His life so that everyone could be a part of the building. Everyone could thrive and succeed and 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 overcome everything that the devil wanted to prevent you from going out and getting. Like, you know, it's the gates of hell. You've got to go out. You've got to go through the gates to actually go in and into the king's domain, into his domain to, to take what uh, Jesus deserves for his kingdom. And, and I just know as a church in this season that we're called to rise. We are called to rise. We're called to rise in faith, to rise into His vision for our community and to be included into what Christ is building in this region. Like we are, we are it. You're it. You're in. <laughs> You're in. You're a part of what Christ is building. And, and so, man, we are who He has to work with. We are His building materials. Be the building. Maybe some of us, you know, we still feel a little bit wonky donkey maybe. You know, he only had three legs and one eye and he liked to listen to country music and he was always getting up to mischief. But he was quite good looking. That's what Chris would say anyway. I want to tell you that he can repurpose anyone for his building today. 
Like he honestly, he wants to, you, do, you have a place in his house. You have a place in his heart. And, and don't you go around, you know, this, this church and your life and going like, I could never be used by God because so-and-so is so much better than me. Like we've got to put that comparison stuff aside and say, God wants to use me. God wants to use me in this time. You know, I believe that the foundation that we have in Christ is going to take the weight of the prominence that He's bringing to this church and bringing to the church internationally. There's great strength in either one of you. So I just want to, we're going to jump to 1 Peter 2, and this is just going to be the context for uh, the rest of my message uh, this morning. Be the building. 1 Peter 2, and this is from the New Living Translation. It says, You are coming to Christ, who is the very, is a living cornerstone of God's temple. And you are living stones that, that God is building into his spiritual temple. What's more, you are holy priests. Through the mediation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. For you're a chosen people, you're royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for He has called you out of the darkness and into His wonderful light. Isn't that an incredible promise from God? It's an amazing picture that we are a part of something that He is building. He says that you're a chosen people. You're a royal priesthood. Where are your robes, people? You're a priest or a priestess. You're chosen for an assignment. Before Christ, most of you know this, but, we, but people would take their sacrifices to, to priests and they would watch the priests perform the duty and they would put it on the altar or take it into the tent of meeting. But now through Christ Jesus, we're all priests. We're all holy enough to go into that zone and we are called by God to approach His throne of grace with great boldness, making our spiritual sacrifices to Him. And so I just want to like break this open. You know, if we follow the process of this text, we're going to see the revealing of God's goodness and His wonderful light into the kingdom uh, and into the world around us. And it says this, there's four things in this text. It says, the first thing is that we come to Christ and we become, the second thing is we become living stones. Uh, building His temple is the third thing, as holy priests. So we come to Christ being living stones, holy priests. And then it's the number four, as the holy priests offer spiritual sacrifices to God. Who loves spiritual sacrifice? What is a spiritual sacrifice when we know that Jesus Christ actually became the ultimate sacrifice for us? And so last week, Chris spoke out of the book of Revelation. And it's an amazing book. It's a prophetic book. And he spoke from Revelation chapter 10. And the text that he was speaking from was about this little scroll, this little scroll that tasted like honey 
to the, to the lips. It was like, oh, that's sweet. And then it, when it was digested, it became like sour to the tummy. It became uh, bitter, I think, his translation said. And, it, and, and it's an incredible picture of actually what it's like to sometimes take a hold of God's promises and then start digesting it and going like, this is a process. This is actually going to take some effort. So we're a chosen priest, uh, people, a royal priesthood. This sounds like honey, doesn't it? Like, isn't it awesome to be chosen? Isn't it amazing to be royal? You know, that you think of the privileges of royalty and the bling of royalty. And, and Romans 5 says that, you know, that, that we rule and reign in life through the abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness. That's a beautiful privilege of royalty. And, and when we come to Christ, we... We come into this realm of freedom. And who's had those, that moment where you, you, you walk into his kingdom? And for me, it was like the sky was blue or the grass was greener. And I just, I woke up, you know, and it just felt like I was really, really free. And then you've got the other side of royalty, which are the responsibilities of royalty. And they look like sacrifices, for royalty as well. It feels, and this feels like this is a bit more for us to deal with because we love to live in the land of the privilege. And, but to take a hold of the responsibility is actually requires us to engage our emotions and our will and, and apply the faith and apply the Word of God to our lives. So the sacrifice in its very definition is something that we are prepared to give that costs us something. That's what a sacrifice is. We're, we're actually, we've waited up and we've gone like, this is something that I'm going to give. But I want to just tell you this morning that a sacrifice, if you're, giving, if you're considering to give a sacrifice, a sacrifice is not something that you just give up. A sacrifice to God is something that you give over. It's something that you take out of your position, out of your hands, out of your life, and you say, I want to put this into your hands, God. I want to lay this at your feet, Father. I, I believe that what I'm giving to you is actually more valuable and it's gonna, there's, something greater is going to happen when I give it up to you than if I held on to it. That's what a sacrifice in the kingdom. It's not just, we don't just give it up and go, well, yeah, that was that. And it's actually, it comes with a promise. Every sacrifice that we give over to God, it comes with a promise. So I just want to like look at, like, let's get real practical today. What, what are real, what are sacrifices? What are New Testament sacrifices? Because New Testament sacrifices don't look like dead animals on an altar with blood and guts and like, Bleh. <laughs> it's not, I know. Clean up that mess. Ah, uh, yeah. So four sacrifices. I found four sacrifices in the New Testament. And the, I love this because in that, in that passage of Scripture in Peter, it says basically that the end result of bringing our sacrifices to God brings a revelation to others of His wonderful light to the world. So our sacrifices may be something that we let go, but it, it comes with a promise. And I want to talk about the sweet and sour of the sacrifices this morning. The first sacrifice uh, that I found was in Romans 12 verse 1. And it says this, that 
Paul says that we are to present our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual act of worship. This is the sacrifice of you. (laughs) This is the sacrifice of your body. It says to present your body. This includes your mind, your will, your emotions. This is the raw, natural, carnal you. And and this the sour part of this, it goes without saying. It's it's where we actually step out of like the the sense of like I I am in control, complete control of my life and my past that's gonna dictate my future and Everything that I have, you know, I own. This belongs to me. But the sour of this is it's going, okay, I want to lay that down. I want to lay my thoughts down. I want to lay my life down. And I want to live by faith. I want to take a hold of the promises of God, which come through patience, suffering, endurance. Yeah! Whose body loves to respond to that kind of stuff? I know, I can see some very excited people down the back. But you know, the sweetness of this promise, of this sacrifice, is that when we surrender our future to Christ, our destiny is in the Father's hands. And His best purposes are able to work through us. The second, the verse that is after Romans 12, as we present our bodies, just check this out. It says this, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, His pleasing, and perfect will. That sounds like I'm ready to sacrifice. <laughs> we get to enter in. We, it, our bodies we, we declares that we're all in. It's saying, I will give your truth permission to access who I am to the very core of my being. That's what giving our bodies over as a living sacrifice to Him looks like. That's the first one. The second sacrifice I found. And the New Testament was praise and thanks. And everyone in the band went, woo! (laughs) Hebrews 13, 15 says this, Continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of, of our lips that give thanks to His name. You know, the sour, let's go to the sour, because it's always good to end on the sweet. Isn't it? I mean, who loves to give thanks when you feel like you've got nothing to thank God for? <laughs> when you've had a hard week, when you're like, man, my life is not making sense uh, at, at the moment. And, and everything you're viewing through your eyesight is contrary to the promises of God. It's hard to give praise when you're feeling disappointed. It's hard to praise God when you've lost someone or you're watching someone that you love really struggling. But I want to just tell you this morning that our praise and our thanks aligns our attitude with heaven. It aligns and postures our lives with God's promises for us. In Psalm 50, 23, it says this, the one who offers thanksgiving as a sacrifice glorifies me. To the one who orders his way rightly, I will show the salvation of God. That's awesome. Our sacrifice, it not only honours God, but it prepares our heart to see His ways and to receive His ways. It's an amazing 
sacrifice, the sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. The third sacrifice this morning is our provision and our finances. I just have to go there because it was in the Bible and I'm just like leaning on this at the moment going, God wants to do something in this area in our church. In Philippians 4, 18 and 19, uh, Paul is writing and he loves the church so much and he's been establishing churches all around that region and he's establishing this church in Thessalonia and the Philippian church is actually supporting him as he does this. And he says this, uh, that I am amply supplied. Now that I have received from Ephraim, Dotus, that's it. The gifts you have sent. They are fragrant, they're a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. Like there's something, you know, when you give your tithe and your offering and whatever you, if you're giving internationally to missions and that sort of thing, there's two levels that your finances are hitting. It's the practical, it's meeting the vision, it's outworking the kingdom, but there's something of our finance that gets elevated to the throne when we give to God. God receives our finances. I don't think it goes into a bank account in heaven, but the aroma of what you give matters to Him. It's an acceptable sacrifice. The sour of this, obviously, is that we're dealing with our flesh again. Our time is our money, and our money can be our dreams. And we give our finances, we're giving our our dreams and laying down the time that we've spent. And we want to, you know, we can see the practical things that we want to do with our finances. But when we give our finances into God's hands, we're saying, I give you supreme ownership of what, and I want to lay this down for you on the altar. The sweet part is the following verse. Once again, in verse 19, it says this, and my God will meet all of your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. You know, when we place what we have on the altar, the promise of God is activated in our lives. You know, friends, it's not about giving up. It's about giving over. Giving over, putting it into His hands, saying, I entrust you. I I activate my faith. My faith without works is dead. And I activate you in this area of my life. I just want to share an amazing testimony that I heard the other night from Chris Valadin from Bethel. And he's praying with his wife late one night in bed. and, And they just say, he says, wouldn't it be awesome, God, if our mortgage got paid off? And they had a $500,000 mortgage. A few weeks later, Chris is in another part of the country and he's preached and he's uh, in a ministry time after his message and he's praying for everyone. He gets down to the last guy and he asks him, what do you want prayer for? And the guy said, nothing. I'm here because God said to me a few weeks ago that he wants to pay off your mortgage and he wants me to do it. Chris goes on to say that he spent the next three days trying to convince this guy that he shouldn't pay off his mortgage. (laughs) He's like, we're not going to be friends. You can't buy me. But the guy said that God, when he he, um, gave this word, the guy said that God told me to sell my boat to pay for it. And he showed Chris like this amazing like super yacht. And uh, he was like, I don't, I don't, I don't want your friendship. I just want my boat. <laughs> and, and what happened was that he sold his boat and he paid off $500,000 of Chris's mortgage. 
Then he bought another boat and he texted Chris and said, this is my new boat. God said I could have another boat. <laughs> it was a better boat, yeah. You know, and I don't, I don't say that because, you know, the kingdom's not a vending machine. God's not a vending machine. I give on Sundays, cha-ching, I will receive during the week. I don't know how God, God's blessing and abundance is going to access your world. But when we give over to Him, we put His... His intentions for us come alive because it's activated with our faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. And so our prayer for you guys is that you would get a revelation of faith with your finances. It says to give not reluctantly, not under compulsion, but cheerfully and joyfully because when you do that, you have a revelation. So don't give without a revelation. Give with a posture of faith, believing that you, what you're putting is in going into His hands and it's going to bring a great breakthrough into your world and it's going to bring a great breakthrough to us corporately. So that's awesome. The sacrifice of giving. Who's going to give? Woo! <laughs> so good. The fourth New Testament sacrifice and the final is acts of kindness. Thanks, Mitch. Hebrews 13, 16, it says this, Do not neglect doing good and sharing, for with such sacrifices, God is pleased. I just want to finish with a testimony in closing from an amazing person that's a part of our church family here. They say this, Over the years, we've had many threads of care connections with our direct neighbour, such as immediate check-ins after each big earthquake or aftershock encouraging uh, texts and messages on Facebook, mowing the front verge, exchanging homegrown produce, baking and sometimes meals, having children over to play and setting up play activities and food. Uh, You know what they like, uh, taking each other's children on outings and birthday parties, etc. While only many small acts of kindness, each encounter bypassed the surface level of niceties so that deeper levels of heart connection always listening through ears of care and nurture. So when the tragedy of their husband and father dying suddenly happened, it was a natural thing for them to call us and be, so that we could be there for them in those raw places of pain. She entrusted our family to have children with us for the first couple of days and we did our best to provide the emotional and physical comfort they needed. We also had access to their house, so we went over and did dishes and tidied the house where we could. They say that walking alongside someone looks like hugs, affirming glances, prayer, shared tears, being silent while holding hands, acknowledging words, and practical acts of help. You know, our, our life, that's, that's the testimony. Our lives make a difference in other people's worlds. God's looking at what we do and our lives are a demonstration of His love to others. Not only is it a demonstration of our love to others, it's a demonstration of our love to Him. I just wonder if everyone could just stand. I just want to read a scripture over you in closing this morning. I wonder if you just close your eyes. It's from Matthew 25. It says this, Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. 
For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Assuredly, I say to you, and as much as you have done it to the one of the least of these, my brethren, you have done it for me. Let's just pray in closing. Holy Spirit, we just thank you for your love. We just thank you, Father, that through the sacrifice of Jesus, we can enter into the promises. And this morning, we just take a hold of the fullness of the royal opportunity that you have given to us, that we are created for such a time as this to be living stones, holy and pleasing, Lord, that we are a holy generation, a royal priesthood, God. Lord, we want to make room in our hearts to express our devotion to you this week. We surrender our lives. We surrender our vision, Lord. We surrender our praise. We surrender our bodies. We surrender our finance, God. We surrender the opportunities for kindness this week. And we just ask that you would continually open us. Open us up to how you're leading us. In Jesus' name, amen.